Bad snap. Bobble oh, scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Ryan Collins, Trent Valley, and super producer Henry Menendez. All from home this week. We've been doing this remotely, I think, for about like a month, slash like a whole year. And with those two weeks that we did it in the studio. But how are we doing today, TB? I'm I'm doing very, very well. I'm hydrated. I'm happy. Uh the sun is hydrated, out here wow. in Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling are you drunk. Good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Last night, a little bit, I guess. No, well, you just say when you say you're hard. hydrated, usually that means, oh, you're drunk. Well, I think hydrated also just kind of is a good indicator of like where you're at, you know? Oh, mm. I'm, I'm hydrated. Today. I'm feeling good. Like I'm feeling up and at them. I don't think hydrated is a word you use unless you're like oh, running a okay. marathon. Or <laughs> you have like, right. like I said, cramps at like Dallas during the Cotton Bowl. Okay. Okay. Well, how, how are you? Are you hydrated? How are you feeling? Yes, I'm hydrated. I feel great. Played tennis this morning with my aunt. Shout out MJ. Got my, got my butt whooped. She's obviously she's tennis pro, but still I was locked in, but other than that, I feel great. How are we doing today? Hank, Hank, we started off the show. Hank's got a little commotion going on in his house right now. Yeah. There's some, there's some background noise here on the zoom call. We got the, <laughs> the, the families, uh, they're definitely flip. They're feeling the, uh, the stress of, quarantining or whatever you want to ice self-isolating so i don't know it's, I mean, it's a typical day though we're rolling with it yeah i mean that's like the thing you come back from school and you come back and everyone's households it's a little bit more stressful than it usually is when you're just with your buddies and stuff and no yeah i was gonna, i was gonna ask do you guys feel like when you come home do you escalate like the the vibes like do you you know what i mean or oh, is it more sure or do you bring them down oh i i escalated immediately because me and my dad, we're going to talk a lot about Michigan State basketball today and some Michigan State football. If me and my dad or brother are in the same room watching a Michigan State like sporting event or a Lions game or any just like team that we kind of root for, it, it, it gets personal real quick. It just, it, like, it, it, like someone says something really dumb, and I'm like, you're an idiot. And then it's like, yeah, you're an idiot. And then he's like, well, you're a failure in life. And you're like, okay, that was too far. Like, it, that's just like the stuff of – like how it goes in the Collins family. We're just a high stress level group. Like, it doesn't feel comfortable if we're not screaming at each other. Yeah, listen, for those who don't know, I've got two brothers, one older, one younger, three of us in four years. So we're very close, right? And I think it's it's kind of an all or nothing thing with the Bailey brothers. It's like, if we're all here, then it raises the it raises the vibes. If If it's just two of us, you know, there's Lower. still some work to be done. It's kind of an all or nothing thing, but we're all here now. So the vibes are up. Well, I, I'm the youngest in my family. My two siblings have moved out. One's married and one's a little bit older, probably about to get married. I'm assuming. Um, probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know why I said that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever. I mean, it's no surprise to anyone, but uh, like, I'm just like, it's like me and my parents and that's it. And usually like, that's like, you're with your parents like the majority of the time anyway and then you're like hey let's go see your buddies on like a normal year when you're like back home from break from school like oh let's go do something like this to sort of get some of the bite to eat it's not happening so a lot of a lot of alone time a lot of hgtv 
Uh, a lot of love it or list it. I've been watching so far since I've been back, but it feels good to be talking to the boys. It feels normal. Yeah, no, this is this is fantastic. Also, I apologize that we are not on the airwaves this week. That is completely on me. So all the hate mail can be sent to Trent Valley. Sent addressed, you know, I'm not going to give you my address on here because I don't think I'm allowed to do that. But hate mail, send it my way. DMs are open. Yes. We're going to have people driving to Granville. <laughs> yeah, yeah convoy. Okay. But I, 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 before we start the show, before we do what made you mad, I wanted to talk about this. NBA Christmas and NFL Thanksgiving, like, I feel like they kind of like a mutual agreement because they both usually are playing during the time of like, you know what I mean? Like the NBA usually starts in late October, early November. The NFL has a game on Christmas and this is like not the first time they've done this in recent years. If I'm not NBA, I'm rattled. Like, what is that? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's just like, it's just like, unlucky. Come on guys. We had a mutual agreement. We have our day. You have your day. I also think this, though, I also think that given all the circumstances, the NBA, I don't think it's going to lose many ratings. Like, I just, I still think the people who are going to watch the NBA are going to watch it. Like, it's not like the NFL where everyone has the Lions on and everyone has the Cowboys on. But it's yeah. like, you know, the NBA on Christmas Day, I always watch it. Not, no, no amount of NFL games is going to change that for me. So it's like, I'm just, I'm going to watch it, you know. I feel I like it's more of a niche thing for the NBA. I There's definitely less people that watch the NBA on Christmas Day than – like they, like like you said, it's like background music for most people, like at their family Thanksgiving, because there's usually someone who wants to watch the games. NBA Christmas, sometimes you can get like, if you got the wrong uncle going, it might not even be in the TV. Like if you're at Christmas Day, like that could happen. NBA Christmas Day, it's not the same as Thanksgiving. I will always, I, I NFL and Thanksgiving, it's just a perfect marriage. NBA on Christmas is good. Just for the fact that you get those one or two games that you're looking forward to all year. This year, it's going to be interesting because it starts the year. So I'm very excited. I'm excited to watch the Pistons play. I know they obviously don't play on Christmas because they're not good. But I'm excited to see who, who do the Lakers play on Christmas Day this year? The Mavericks. Really? Luka Doncic. Well, that's I, – I thought they'd play like the Clippers. What are we doing? Play the Clippers on opening night, so they kind of try to balance it out. But, yeah, that's the thing, though. Opening well, night is, the- is two days away from Christmas. So, like – how many headlining ma- matchups are you going to have in that span? Well, I also, guess. also, Hank, you have to remember too. I mean, the Clippers don't really deserve that 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 great okay. A slot. That's true, yeah. <laughs> come okay. on, come on. Okay, okay. I mean, I Clippers point, are. I mean, Collins. I mean, the Clippers are what? Like probably the third or fourth team in the West right now. Like they're not. I don't even consider them the Lakers' oh. biggest threat right now. So I don't well, know. The way they're hyping up Doncic, I mean, it actually is a pretty good matchup. No, yep. Doncic is sick, and the Mavericks out a little bit better. I don't think Porzingis is playing though for a while. So yeah, they got issues, but he also didn't play in that playoff series against the Clips. So I, I it's yeah. like it's just it's Luca versus everybody, and that's kind of the I think he is the MVP favorite. I believe, um, you know him, Giannis, they're all like at the top. So I mean, yeah, Luca versus LeBron and AD, it'll be fun to watch. I I, I actually can't wait. I am excited, Collins. You said it. Pistons going to be fun. There's at least just intrigue. Um, and then, you know, NBA and Christmas. I can't wait. Watch my okay. guy LeBron. Excited. Let me, let me throw my take in here real quick on this because as a Go Vikings ahead. fan and an MSU basketball fan and a casual NBA enthusiast, Christmas Day is going to be like – I forgot to say team. plays on Christmas yeah, Day. It's MSU, it's, it's Vikings Saints, and then obviously it's NBA. So, like, I'm just – don't talk to me all day. You know what I mean? I'm – I. <laughs> I'm gonna record. I'm gonna have to like record the different programs and watch them back later or something. 
That's actually I didn't even think about that, Hank. I uh, I mean we're gonna talk we're gonna get into Michigan State basketball basically right now because I'm gonna do what made me mad last night watching Michigan State basketball play Northwestern made me mad. I, I, I'm gonna throw it to Trent and Hank to see what made them mad this week. But after that, we're gonna get into Michigan State basketball and have an in-depth conversation on some of the issues with this team. But Hank, what made you actually you know what? We'll go with TV since Hank's on mute right now. TV, what made you mad this week? Thanks on you right now. Yeah. The Zoom, the Zoom stuff just never fails to astound us. It's all good. <laughs> what made me mad this week? This sounds a little shallow, but I live in Granville, Michigan. I love my hometown. Okay. And we have the Rivertown Mall. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a pretty big mall. Um, it's like I think it's like the biggest one in Michigan. I don't know, but whatever. It's it's you know, I live like two miles away from it. Okay. It's literally on Wilson Avenue, and that's like kind of where my House is near, and then well, Trent, you just said you couldn't tell everyone where you live. Now, well, I, I just said I the know. main street in Granville. Well, I I don't know. Maybe I searched. Maybe I did. go a little ghost okay. protocol. Figure out. I'll I'll leave that up to the people. Um, yeah. I basically it's just the fact that this place is a zoo as it is every Christmas time, which is understandable. But now with COVID, it's even worse because you can only have certain amounts of people in the stores. So the you know like that the uh, what do you even call that like the outside the shops but still in the mall like the common areas those are just like packed man like it's it's just it's just stupid like it it, it frustrates me i'm just trying to get in and get out get my brother something for christmas i can't do it because i got tons of people with their strollers and eight bags in each hand and it's just like it's a mess it's usually a mess don't get me wrong but it's just it's more of a mess because of the social distancing and people everywhere and like I don't know. It's chaos. It no, didn't really make me mad because I expected it, but I think I just wanted to bring that to the forefront this week, but that's it. I rest my case. I get exactly what you're saying. Cause I did an online port order at Chipotle probably like maybe like a week ago and they're not doing like in-person like Chipotle orders. Can you say There's, that again for the people? I, I refuse to say it the proper I, way. I don't, I don't, I don't this is, Chipotle. this is an ongoing thing. This is an ongoing thing, but I just want you to say it again for the people. Chipotle. Pronounce it. That's how I'll say it for the rest of my life. I don't care what anyone says. Chipotle. It's your choice. Yeah, it's my choice to say Chipotle. Sorry. But I go into Chipotle, order an online order, and there's more people in the store than there would be if they just had it, like business as usual. Like, know what I mean? Like, because everyone walks in, they're like, oh, we're only doing online. I'm like, what's the difference? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. There's more people in the store now than there would be. Like just, draw, yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, uh, know what? That kind of made me mad too. But eh. you know what, Trent? That's a, like a good part point though. Like, there's obviously to be like restrictions and stuff, but some of the restrictions like not unnecessary. It's just like dumb. Like you're just not thinking. You're like making it worse on yourself. Right. Like so. you could have the same restrictions, but like change. Like the- in a mall. They, yeah. Like you in could a get mall. the same amount of business, but change the restrictions slightly. Well, in the mall, I bet, I mean, you probably like do some sort of thing during like food court and just like that type of thing. But like in shops, like no one wants to be around anyone in a shop. Like you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and you figure it out kind of at the register. You'd probably do something like that. But there's like certain things like gyms, going to the sh- like the shop to eat. You never want to be by random people. Like I never want to be by random people. Right. So, As it is. I yeah. Know. I don't know. Hank, what made you mad this week? Uh, what made me mad? I think you guys can hop in on this one because uh, we didn't talk about this. Uh, I got my final final exam grades back. Ooh, I have not looked at mine. I'm afraid to. Yeah. I got a couple of mine. I'm telling you, and I compared, like, 
the, the, the answer sheet that I turned in or whatever, like my salute, I don't know what I'm trying to say. My assignment that I turned in, I compared it with a buddy of mine and with the answer key, I, I got more correct than this, this friend of mine. He ends up with 100%. I end up with a 75. It was just, I don't know. Now, Brian let me Jr. ask you this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, whoa. What are you saying? After the, after the fact. Like, after the fact we turned it in, you still have, like, a PDF version of what you turned no, in. No, I understand. Yeah. How did he okay. get 100? How did you get a 75? Does this teacher do, beat you? It's because it's such a big class. They have multiple TAs grading different sections. It's Calc 4. So, there's, like, I mean, that multiple. Is... should do. You, you should send us in to the professor and just kindly explain your case. I, I, and then I emailed him this morning and he like walked through like how I got like all these points off. I don't know. It he's probably like actually looking after it. You got a 65. Not yeah, a he's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> well, my buddy over here got a hundred and then let's drag him down with me or I don't know. But anyway. Well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's just, maybe, you know, maybe you'd actually did get a 75. No disrespect, obviously. Calcor sounds really hard. I, I probably Calcor, did, yeah. I but, probably did. But then maybe your buddy just didn't get a hundred. Maybe that's what it is. That, I think that's more likely, but like, I don't, who am I mad at then? Like, you know. I don't, hey, what's your major? Why the are you world? You're Calcor? mad at the world. I'm mad at the, I'm just angry, yeah. <laughs> hey, what's yeah. your major? Why are you taking Calcor? I'm electrical engineering. Okay, you're actually smart. I forgot about that. Yeah, Hank's like actually. A I don't know if that guy, disqualifies you know? as smart, but despite okay. what people think, since Hank gets on yeah, this right you know, <laughs> every week to talk to guys like us, he's actually a smart guy. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Like, how are finals for you guys? Did you guys throw that out there? No, How'd it go? It, was, it is what it is. I mean, I it did. Is, is what it is. I didn't have. I didn't take. Many. I didn't take one final. I had zero finals. All papers. Oh. oh. Yeah, well, I had a few okay. projects. That's just kind of how journalism goes. A few projects, few exams. So far, the scores I've gotten back have been great. So, I haven't looked. So, uh, probably won't look for another like two or three days. Just, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm like scared. I can just do like the pass fail thing. When, I, we talked about this last week, how I messed up the satisfactory, non satisfactory on uh, like my grade last year. So, hopefully, I do not do that this year. But hey, move into Michigan State basketball. I think it's. I mean, if you're a Spartan fan and you watched last night, Michigan State came out in New Jersey's. Trent actually texted me. I think this is one of the first times Trent's ever texted me just like separately because I'm in a million group chats with Trent. And he said separately, he goes, I don't like these uniforms. I kind of like yeah, them. I, I think they looked cool up close. This is the consensus counts that I came to, Hank. I want you to jump in if you want to. So for those who didn't, you know, watch the game, just go look up the uniform, okay? It's black with white numbers. You got a sparty head in the middle of the chest. The problem is when when you're looking – so up close, they look kind of sharp. There's, like, gray trim on them on the sides. The problem is when you look at them from, like, the regular broadcast angle, you're just, like, watching the game, they look like practice unis for, like, Providence. Like, they don't – or, like, the Spurs Summer League, you know, like, stuff. they don't look like Michigan State, for one, which I get it. You know, they're trying to do something alternate, like, black. It's cool. But it's just – it didn't look like Michigan State, and it also you couldn't see the Spartan head, and it just was like a disaster. I don't think it looked that good. I, I, like in, in real time, TV. up close, it looked kind of cool. I think they're – I don't know what the camera angle is. It was kind of like a weird, different camera angle. So, I don't – they – I thought they were sick, like when they put it up close. You're right, Trent. You couldn't see the Spartan head, and that was kind of a mess. And they didn't have the names on the back of their jerseys, which was kind of weird. Which yeah, I so just, overall, I just don't think they were that good, you know? Like, we keep yeah, naming things. Right. Well, this yeah. and this and this. 
I don't. I, the thing I don't get. You're right. Them not having name on the back of their jersey is like they do look like kind of like Providence's practice jerseys. It was a good take. Good job, Trent. Thanks. It was the first black and white school that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah. Got another one. Uh, there's a lot of them. Eh. Yeah. I think, I, I think about the Friars though every single time. But let's get into the game. I mean, Michigan State looks horrible. Seventy-nine to sixty-five loss to Northwestern. Never even really close in the second half. I think they cut it. They had an opportunity to cut it to eight. Malik Hall missed two free throws, and they never really, after that, it was just – their feet Disaster, was, man. Yeah, they. I mean, they came out so flat, like just unexcusably flat against a Northwestern team. That's improved. Like, they're not a bottom, like, feeder in the Big Ten this year. I, still, like, still a team you should beat nonetheless. Yes, and, and Michigan State, they're obviously – I mean, they came in number four in the country coming into this team. They have some major issues at the guard position, major, major issues. And, and I think the ranking that they are now is like 12. I think that's like the team they are. Like they're going to have games where like, wow, this team looks really good. They could compete at a really high level. And I don't know if they have games like they did last night, because that's one of the worst performances I've seen out of an Izzo team in a really long time. But like their guard play is just not great. Like Rocket Watts is a very good player and a very good shooting guard. We've talked about this time and time again. He's just not a point guard. And when Aaron Henry does not alleviate the stress and he wasn't very good yesterday, it's hard for them to score because Rocket really doesn't get the other guys involved like he kind of had in your previous like point guard in Cassius Winston. So it's going to take a lot of adjusting. And and one of the things I want to talk about, and and I know he got banged up kind of late in that game, I think they're they're misusing Hauser right now. Yep. And, and, and I don't know if the, what the solution is. He's not getting enough touches. And when he's getting touches, they're like 15 feet away from the basket. He's trying to like get his. And, and sometimes he makes contested shots. Or that like, they, I think they ran a play last, I mean, in the second half where they ran him off a screen. I love that. Like you, you got to get him some open shots. They didn't do that. The five position looks like a mess again like you have no idea who's playing the five like thomas kithier was getting major minutes at the five and kithier i'll say this he's not gonna hurt you like like, like he'll get like a couple fouls and whatever he'll didn't foul trouble like he's selling an offense and he just doesn't give you anything you know what i mean like he doesn't like take the top off like he just doesn't improve this team i they have a lot of lineup issues i'm curious to think especially Trent, a guy who covers the team, what you think and what the solution is. I, and people will be like, hey, mate, they haven't played in like 12 days. It's a flute. Yeah. I, I think there was more than just that. They looked horrible last night. Yeah, so, I mean, we've kind of talked all season about how this team is really deep. And while that's a good thing, it can save your, can save your butt sometimes, like in the tournament or the Big Ten tournament or whatever, or, or just some random game in December. It could also be like a curse, right? Like if you yeah. don't really have – a, a you know solid rotation kind of banged out like here's how many minutes you're going to play and here's when you're going to the bench like last season with Cassius Winston you were you knew when he was going to the bench and you knew when Tillman was going to the bench like there's just stuff you you kind of bang out a full rotation for the full 40 minutes and this Spartan team hasn't been able to do that because they're so deep specifically in the front court so that that definitely is something Collins you mentioned that I think they got to figure out ASAP that is the biggest problem right now is the four and the five Hauser is a mainstay, of course. Malik Hall did not play great 
against uh, Northwestern, but I think he's another guy. He's got to get a majority of those minutes in the front court with uh, Joey Hauser. And then from there, you, I mean, it's just, I don't know. You give guys maybe a couple minutes in the first half, like, so having a night. I don't know. Cause you got Bingham, you got marble, you got Kithier. So it's like, who do you throw out there? I don't know. I'm going to say who I think is, I think fits this team and fits what Izzo likes to do more than anyone. I think marbles probably, and Brandon Quinn wrote a really nice article article about Julius Marble and his case to play five. I don't think he's getting enough minutes. I, I, I think he's had a good offensive feel. I think he gives them more on the defensive end than Thomas Kithier maybe does. And, and, and the thing about Bingham, he has that potential to be a guy who can rim protect. He just hasn't been that way this year. Yeah. He, he was the first two games and, and you saw his energy and you're like, wow, I really I like, I liked what I see, but I, I think marble, I don't know if you, agree with that but I, I just said marble is probably the guy at the five for right now at least yeah well I mean he's probably played the best I will I will give you that of all those guys but I just think you know with all things considered I think Malik Hall's a more complete player but but who knows I mean like I just they just need to figure it out and I know that sounds so cliche but they they the Spartans seriously have not put two alike games together yet because if you look at the game against Northwestern as the Spartans are now six and one played seven games right uh, your biggest problem in that one, obviously, you mentioned was Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry not being able to coexist and, and kind of balance out the scoring and just like I mean, they were just awful. This plain, yeah, no. plain and simple, both sides of the floor just couldn't make it work. And and we've talked about how good Aaron Henry is on defense. Wasn't the case against Northwestern. And then also your other big problem was Joey Hauser was a little banged up and he wasn't himself. And your other big problem was Joshua Langford fouling out with like, you know, eight minutes left when the game's still in the balance a little bit, like you're down 12, 11, but you can still make a run, you know, you're clearly the better team. So it's just stuff like that. I will say how, I mean, Langford's look better. Yeah, he has. I don't, I, I, I think we can officially say, I don't think he's going to get quite up to what he was two years ago, but that's kind of expected, right? Like yes. yes. Two well, years off from basketball and all Michigan state needs him to do is come back and be like 80%, 70% of what he was to be a really good contributor and a starter on this team. So, but do you, st- but do you still see him as a starter after watching him? I mean, I know, I, obviously I, I know he's progressing, but do you, do you still see him as a starter right now? Hank, I, I've been a big proponent of him been a, be coming off the bench last, like the last two games, you've kind of seen him get a little bit more comfortable and the athleticism is coming back a little bit. Like, it, like there was a, like a couple offensive rebounds that he had last night where he went up and got it that mid-range game that he was really kind of known for his freshman and sophomore year where he was almost knocked down. It looked like he was coming back against Northwestern. I mean, he, I think, came out and hit three shots, bang, 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 to start the second half yesterday. Um, I don't know. And, and that's the problem. You have no idea. Like, this rotation is – and I've had my opinion. I, I think Foster should get the majority of the minutes at point guard. I'm certainly harder to get more minutes too. Now you got to figure something out at the point guard position because I, while I think rocket can play the point guard and, and when he's really good, they're really good. Like, uh, cause he's usually a really good two way player. He's usually a very good defender and he can get his bet, get his own shot against anyone. But so when, when he's not going, he doesn't get other guys involved enough. So I, I think you got to look at another point guard option. And Foster, guess what? He doesn't hit open shots. And that's what he's supposed to do when he comes in the game. He never does. I, 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 and he had a 40-footer almost last night, but he can't make a wide open three. I don't get it. it, it like, it'll be something I never understand. 
So, and, and that goes for Matty Sizoko too. I've been on the biggest proponent that, hey, he's going to be a guy kind of working. He's super raw. Maybe throw him at the five. You got to, like, I, I, I understand you're working through this lineup and, like, you're going to use everyone who basically has a scholarship on this roster. But point guard is a major problem right now for this team. And I think Henry, Henry will be fine. Henry just had a bad game. Roger Watts has had a bad game. He'll be fine. But I still think, like, the offense just doesn't look right when Rocket is running the one. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, and also, I want to say this, because you brought this up earlier. I just want to bring it up one more time. I was a little bit more in the camp of, okay, they haven't played in 12 days. I, I, I'm not super concerned because also, you know, the game against Virginia getting canceled. But, Collins, everything you just mentioned about, about the depth and who should be playing, like Hogard getting minutes and everything, that's all great. I agree with you. The problem is, like, that's kind of what – the non-conference schedule is for to figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah. And now you're in a position where, okay, you're already 0-1 in the Big Ten. You're already behind the eight ball. You got Wisconsin, who's a very good team, coming into your building on Christmas Day here in a couple of days. Like, I just don't really know if it's if there's enough time to figure that kind of stuff out. I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel, obviously. I still have I, I still think the ceiling for this team is a national championship. I just think there needs to be seven or eight guys who are rock solid playing majority minutes every single night. And then uh, there's going to be a couple of guys that get lost in the mix. Maybe it's Kithier. Maybe it's Bingham. I don't really, maybe it's even Gabe Brown for a little bit. I don't know guys who don't necessarily play more than five, six, seven minutes a game. And I, I just, that's just how it's going to have to be because this team is so deep and I, it's, it's like an embarrassment of riches for Tom Izzo right now. And I will also say this, given the national landscape of college basketball right now, that's another reason I'm not super concerned about this team because I don't, I don't see any world beaters anywhere. I think, I, I, I've said that for three weeks now, but I stand by it. I really don't see any team in this country right now that is like almighty think, world beaters. I don't think Michigan State could play with John Zadger or Baylor, but the rest are probably right. They, and I do think they're going to have problems when they play Iowa and Illinois. I think they match up a little bit better than Illinois. I think Iowa – could be a problem because Darza is just a bad matchup for Michigan State at this point in the season. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I that was just such an unimpressive performance, and a lot of it was just effort. So you're probably right, Trent. Like it, it, it like it, it's not the end of the world. Like the, the, this is as like probably the worst they're probably gonna play this entire year. I like I, I I'm not. I don't think it's a hot take to say that because fact of the matter is they're just horrible and rocket watts at five points i don't know how many shots he had like you know how many shots he took but like yeah. yeah for him to have five points for the amount of times he has the ball in his hand is not great so i like that's not gonna happen again okay so let's talk about this wisconsin i i, I this will be a good measuring stick because this wisconsin team i mean they basically played together for the last three years it's the same roster i think they i mean they added micah potter last year was a huge addition, but I mean, Trice, Davison, Reavers, like uh, Wall, all these guys have kind of really played together. I think it'll be a good test for Michigan State because, uh, like, at the point guard position, I you got to see something. And, and, and I hate just bringing it back to that. I just really think it is. If Michigan State gets good guard play, got Aaron Henry's, I think, an elite win player in college basketball, and there's not a whole lot of those. Like, if, if the point guard position is able to get figured out, you'll roll. I, I like, they'll figure it out. Like they got to figure out how to get the ball to Hauser. I think that is an issue. I really do. I don't think he has no how to use them, 
but like other than that, I, well, I, Hauser I, Hauser has to be Hauser has to be an intricate part of the offense. You're exactly right, and, and I don't think we talked about that enough. Like, that I, was a big. Like, how do you do that though, Trent? Like, can you tell tell me how they do that? I don't. I know. think they gotta they gotta stretch him out more. I think I think you gotta bring him out to the perimeter a little bit more. He's great down low because he's also a really good passer. But that that can't be. You can't be a one trick pony because he's not a one trick pony. So you can't no. force him to be. I think if if you get him shooting a couple more looks like outside a little bit. That's going to open up the paint even for guys like Marble or Malik Hall or, you know, for them to maybe work their magic down there. And and overall, you're exactly right about the point guard position. Like, Rocket Watts can handle the ball. We all understand that. He's probably the best isolation scorer on the team. But it's just like that doesn't mean that he needs to be the floor general because it's just not working through seven games. Even though the Spartans are 6-1, they've lost to a pretty, you know, a team they obviously should have beaten. Um, but – I just I haven't been I haven't been impressed and 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 you know what like the drop off from Cassius Winston you're gonna see this no matter what like it doesn't matter you're even seeing it in the front court a little bit with Tillman leaving like anytime a player of that caliber leaves you you kind of focus in on that position for a little bit and and how they respond and stuff but Collins you're exactly right the point guard plays the big problem like Rocket Watts can't can't have the ball that much because it also takes a toll on him and then that you know the whole offense is just kind of blown up. The thing about it, though, is – and I understand he's not Cassius Winston. I was talking to my buddies about this. Um, they have no pick-and-roll game this year, and that's all they did last year. Literally yeah. all they did was high-screen rolls with Cassius and Tillman. And I understand no one's Cassius or Xavier Tillman. I understand that. But it, it's – I think that's a huge adjustment for a, a roster who's basically played high-screen and roll basketball for the past like three years to figure out what they're doing on the offensive side of the court. And I don't think they understand what they're going to do. And, and that's why I think you give Hoggard some minutes. Maybe was, you get a guy. Who I was just going to say, I, I yeah. to your point earlier, I think if you want to run more pick and rolls, it's got to be Hoggard. You got to try it because it, it Foster's just not going to sell it, which is, it's not his fault. Yeah. It's just the fact that he's not a threat to, to go inside like that. And, and I, I th- high pick and roll. I think you get Hauser involved too. Yeah, well, because you can do pick and pop as well. Yeah. It's just it, it. You're you're exactly right. Okay, if you want to do more pick and roll, it's got to be Hogard. But oh man, Hauser they they got they got to work Hauser in more. And I I think that's just my biggest key right now is because I think he was noticeably missing from that Northwestern performance. Like it just it, Hauser could have came in and saved the day. It, you know the what did the Spartans end up losing by like fifteen? Yeah. I don't know, he easily could have scored fifteen points. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I just get him I mean, right, yeah. get him right, get him right for Christmas day. Try some new things. I'm not worried about this team. I'm really not. I just, they, they hadn't played in like two weeks, damn near. Um, they got to figure some things out with depth. And I, okay. I feel like we're just talking in circles because those are like I the know. biggest issues here. Also Joshua Langford can't foul out. That's just the biggest thing for me. Those are some horrible falls. Horrible yeah. falls. True. Horrible True. falls. He literally came in with three falls. I, I gets a terrible foul. I think he gets caught up in the air. And then his fifth foul, he reached in like 25 feet away from the basket. But yeah. whatever. You're right. We have kind of, I, I kind of get in a tangent because I was just like so upset watching the game last night. I had to get some things off my chest. So yeah. I apologize to the listeners if I'm talking in circles. My dad always tells me, he's like, when I listen to these things, can you let other people talk? I'm like, sorry, dad. I get carried <laughs> away. I get carried no, away. That, this makes for the best content. Yes, I just I sprinkle guess. in. I'm icing yeah. on the cake. Okay. Uh, I, okay. But let's talk about some MSU football. That was another big topic of discussion this last week. Spartans get their championship game 
like type of thing. The crossover game with Maryland canceled for the second time this year. They had issues with COVID inside their program. Um, the biggest does Michigan news State, was, does Michigan State still have a football team? That's my question. Why? Uh, every, everyone's leaving. Yes. And there's a lot of departure and a lot of people coming in. I think they've had three, they've gotten three guys from the portal. They had an Auburn running back that joiner kids, pretty solid player. Arkansas state left tackle is coming to Michigan state. Um, I'm not, I, I think quarterback, I'm, and, Temple and Russo. Yeah. Russo kids, like a six year, seventh year senior guys, old, old man at this point is joining the program too. But I, I mean, major departures and I'll start us off here. Basically, everyone who went to Belleville, who went to Michigan State, is no longer at Michigan State except Gabe Brown. So, yeah, <laughs> someone better. And, it and I saw like it was a little bit of a fraternity. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I forget who. I think Dobbs and uh, who was it? Who both went to Memphis? Dobbs and Julian Barnett, both Belleville kids, are both at the University of Memphis. You are correct. Which and those guys were MSU's. I think D'Antonio's biggest two recruits for uh, for a very yeah. long time. His like, top two recruits in, in that that class. Yeah. In that class, and uh, I think Davion Williams, another Belleville kid, left the program. But um, I just want to start all. I like people are gonna be like, hey, like you gotta have, go through some culture changes or like start your program. I completely agree with that, but at the same time, like you it's not a great thing. Like, I hate people who are like, oh, yeah, like Mel's getting in this guys. These guys were playing anyway. They're still talented. Yeah. They're, they're still highly thought of by other people. And I'm not going to, everything is not recruiting rankings. That's right. I understand that. But like. Well, anytime people want to up and leave your program, that's probably not a good thing. Doesn't matter what the context is really. Yeah. And I, I understand what people are saying when it's like, yeah, Mel's getting his guys in here. Cause that there's definitely something to be said for that, especially dealing with a roster as big as college football, but it's just like, yeah, if guy, if this many guys are up and leaving because they just kind of want out, it's, that's probably not a good thing. No, it's not like a, it's not a horrible thing. I'm just saying right. it's like, people are celebrating. I feel like they're like, Oh, yeah, Mel's yeah, are no, changing it's, the program. It's, it's, it's not helping. It's not helping. It's gonna like, and I think this is just a sign. This is gonna take probably two more years. Like I think, and, and it seems like Tucker and his staff are gonna go into portal a lot more. So you could see even more guys come to Michigan State before the winter semester starts. Uh, I just the one thing I'm really interested in it is Tucker and D'Antonio just have two completely different philosophies. They really do. And D'Antonio was all loyalty, and that was kind of his downfall with his coaches. Yeah. Uh, like he, he just had guys who shouldn't have been coaching there still. But, like, it, Tucker's going to run this, like, an SEC program, and, and, and you're not good enough, you'd get out of here. And, and that's just something you didn't really see with D'Antonio. And, and you also didn't see D'Antonio pluck guys from California, from USC, to go to Michigan State. So it's different. Like – I, I think there's going to be a bigger buzz. Like, I think everyone knew that. There was going to be a bigger buzz when Mel Tucker came around the recruiting season. But it's just – I'm very interested to see how this plays out because Mark D'Antonio is the most successful coach in Michigan State history, probably the best coach in Michigan State history. And the one thing he was able to do was find gems in Ohio, Georgia, and, like, New Jersey. Like, though, and, and, and get the guys – and find gems in Michigan, too. Like, Jack Coughlin, zero-star recruit. 
like uh, be able to get a guy like Kirk Cousins, who who was like a three star, even though I think he was a John L recruit, to be honest. I don't know why I said that, but like Connor Cook, a guy out of Indiana, uh, like a lot, like they were able to find guys like that in the Midwest and Georgia and some other places. I'm just very curious. And I want your opinion. Do you have a, do you prefer one? And we haven't seen Tucker. We haven't seen Tucker. And I think that's unfair to say, but personally I find it hard and I'm kind of having a tough part, like tough time, like parting with the idea, like, Michigan State, like, they're, they're going to have their ups and downs, but, like, the one thing is, like, they're going to groom their guys. They're, like, they're going to develop their guys. I don't think that's going to happen with Tucker very often. Well, that's – you know what? That's true because you, you mentioned something that I kind of agree with. Like, he's going to run it like an SEC program almost. And I know that's not really what the standard is here, but I think he's – I mean, he's obviously trying to shift the culture a little bit. And I, I, I just – He's coming in, and, and listen, Mel Tucker's calling card is kind of recruiting, right? Like, that's what yes. people feel like. He's supposed to be able to recruit these guys, and that's why he's been – he's had so many jobs over the last few years. Like, that – all those connections and everything. So, it's – it's that helps, of course, and he's coming into Michigan State, and a lot of people think that the bar is low just because of the last few years of D'Antonio. But, like, that's not really the case because in a big picture, D'Antonio was a pretty solid recruiter. As you just mentioned, it was the Midwest. It was the West Coast. It was South. Like, everywhere – D'Antonio was pretty good at getting like his guys, which yes. I know is a cliche thing to say because Mel Tucker so far has been, has been good at that as well. I think what it's going to come down to, yes, Collins, is like, are you able to really grow your own talent in house? And if you're not, are you able to use like the other facets, like the transfer portal to your advantage, like that kind of thing. And I, I just, I, I, that's where I do think Mel Tucker will have a leg up on D'Antonio in general. I just kind of think. I just I, I don't know I, I I'm very curious to see uh, I I just I don't know it's interesting the one that I'll say is uh, like I think this is a mission state program where I don't think they're gonna accept necessarily going like eight and four like I I I don't like I'm very they've put a lot of money in the program I'm just interested right. to see what this because you got Penn State uh, the Big Ten's gonna be good and that's like five to six years because Maryland's getting better. Rutgers is getting better. Michigan won't, won't be this down. Like even in, like Harbaugh never gets to Indy. They're always going to be a nine and three, eight and four team with a lot of talent. It's just a big brand. Like they're going to get guys there. Penn state had a down year. They're going to be good. Usually Ohio state's Ohio state. Like the East is going to be crowded. Yep. So I, I, I don't know how they're going to identify what success is under Tucker and, and, and first recruiting class, I think he did a good job. I did too. For not having the opportunity to get a lot of these kids on campus, to get the capable, to get the amount of players he got in, and, and just from wherever he, he got a lot of guys from a lot of different places that I've never heard Michigan State going after really in recruiting. Like, like yeah, you don't really hear a guy from Bishop Gorman go to state. I know Speedy Naylor went to Michigan State, but he was more of a lower tier guy. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 so I, that was, I mean, all in yeah. all, success. And, and next week, I think maybe we can put a wrap on the Michigan State season and talk about the future uh, of what this roster talk looks like. But this week, National Signing Day, I was impressed. I mean, it's not the end of the world. And Michigan State's never going to have a top 10 recruiting class. I, I don't believe that. People say yeah, that no. that could happen. I just don't think that will happen. It, it's just they don't have the resources and money that other programs do in their football department. And I also say, I think if it was going to happen, or if it is going to happen, I should say it's going to happen 
maybe next year when, you know, yes. Tucker has one more year to kind of audition. But then it's like, what makes you think that's going to change? Like, if he's just a solid coach for the next five years, he's not really upping or, you know, dropping his stock. So it's kind of like it's going to be early in his in his Michigan State career that Michigan State is going to have a top 10 class if that is to happen. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm just I, – the Mel Tucker experience is going to be an interesting one at Michigan State. And, and it's just – I'm looking forward to it. I think he's the right guy for the job. I think if – Anyone who was going to replace Antonio and needed to be a guy who would inject a shot into your program and do things a little bit differently, and he's doing that. But there's also the side of the coin where it could fail miserably. Yeah, it could. It really could. So I like I, I'm very interested to see what happens. But we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit more Michigan State football next week, and then kind of put a wrap on the season until we hear more about spring football and what they're going to do there. But yeah, they, they denied any bowl bid. Uh, they want to give the kids an opportunity to go home, which it's pretty admirable. They've been on campus basically since the summer, not being able to see any of their family. So uh, Michigan State football done for the year. What were they? Two and six, two and five. Excuse five. me. Yep. Pretty eventful two and five beat Michigan, beat Northwestern. For a minute yeah. there, it looked like Michigan State was going to keep Northwestern out of the playoff on Saturday. When yeah, it, it did. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That would be a tough way to go. But, eh, whatever. Okay, special Sparty Awards today. I lo- I hate that we don't do this live because I, I get to catch my breath, like, at the break and then bring all my energy to, like, all these segments. And I feel like, like, like my dad has made me self-conscious. I just feel like I'm talking too much now. No, we love you're, you're the host. You're supposed to. I, I know, but I I'm just, yeah, I, I feel like I'm yelling about everything. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. Sparty Awards. I kind of got this. This has been an idea kind of floating around. If you follow Ryan Russillo, I think he did this thing on the ringer about two years ago where they did a video about going to like a rehab or a support group for like giving up on players like that they've always like wanted. Like it's a Jeff Green, like is an example. It's like, I can't give up on Jeff Green. I can't quit him. Thought like one of my buddies is a Thon Maker guy. He's like, he's going to figure it out one of these days. Like that that's the idea. The Sparty Awards is athletes you can't give up on. And I thought this was a perfect Sparty Awards for my main man, TB, because this guy is the most loyal person I think I know in the entire world. Yeah. Look, I, I, look, I, there's two ways to look at this question though. There's, there's the, the, the young guys who haven't really panned out who you still think could end up panning out like late bloomer, or there is vets who everyone think are washed up, but I don't really think they're washed up anymore. Like they're, or I, I think they got a little left in a tank. You know what I mean? There's two yes. categories. Kind of. Yes. But nonetheless, all, all just under the umbrella of athletes you have not given up on. So you want me to, you want me to kick it off? Uh, yes, I do. Did but... I cut out there? A little bit. You cut out a little bit there. Yes, I do want you to kick it off. TV. Okay, I'll kick it off. Okay, Jared Davis. I, I, I. Oh I've my! Had, you had, still, you still have faith in him. I, I, I have faith in him in the right system. I think he could do work because let me tell you, he is such an athletic pass blitz. Like he, he he's a great pass rusher, and I think if he's the a Lions, middle linebacker, he's not supposed to be a great pass rusher. I know, I know, I know. He hit, he hits hard. And I think if you if you got him a little bit of like support on the outside, other than Jamie Dude, Collins I, I and Reggie Ragland, I think he could be pretty good. Now yeah, the Lions aren't going to sign him. He's 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 out. He's gone. Jared Davis is not coming back. But I just think his best year was his rookie year, and that was the one year under Caldwell. And since then, it's been all Patricia. 
and he has just completely taken a nosedive. I think the Lions squandered something with JD. I think if he goes to another team, he could be pretty good and contribute. So that, that that's my first guy, Jared Davis. I don't disagree that they messed him up because he you are right. You are right. He was a very productive rookie. Like he was good. Like he was good at yeah. middle linebacker. And and he had his problems in coverage that kind of reared its ugly head throughout his whole career. But I I, I he's probably done. I, I don't know what he does after the Lions. Like he's not gonna get re-signed by them. He'll probably get re-signed by someone because you're right, he's an athletic guy. Maybe one of the worst pass covering linebackers I've ever seen, though. <laughs> not good. Not just good. for how athletic he is, it doesn't make any well, sense. That's the thing. It's like it's like some guys like Jamie Collins is like, okay, he's just not fast enough. Jared Davis yeah. is like fast enough, athletic enough, but he just can't do it, and it doesn't really add up, and it makes no sense. Yeah, he's got the tools. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, I, I, my guy's a little bit of a throwback. And, 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 and you might laugh when I say it, but Johnny Flynn. I still haven't given up on Johnny Flynn. <laughs> and, and if you, Flynn is yeah. such a classic like NBA 2K10 guy. Yeah, if people forget, Johnny Flynn, I think, was the second point guard drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round in the 2009 draft. Instead of drafting Stephen Curry, who's arguably a top five player in the last 10 years. So people will be like, why haven't you not given up on Johnny Flynn? Because if you watch those Syracuse teams with his little headband, his little undershirt, he was the fastest little guy on the court. He can hit a jumper. I love those Syracuse teams with him, Demondorf. Uh, maybe CJ Fair was still there. I love those Syracuse teams. And he was just awesome in that Big Ten, Big, Big East tournament run when they beat, I think, UConn in like six OTs that year. I love Johnny Flynn. Still haven't given up on him. If he say he got drafted in the right system, I think it could have worked out. Even though he was like a really undersized and like couldn't shoot, but hey, <laughs> really undersized because it was like Nate Robinson. That'd be yeah. like his ceiling if he yeah. came back. No, I think he's. Uh, you know what? You put it like, hey, Spurs draft him, ten-time All Star Johnny Ford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Spurs draft him. Um, that's a pretty good one. I'll stick with basketball. The funny but, thing um, is, Trent Trent goes. I, I, me and Trent were talking about this before the show. And I'm like, I only have like one guy that really comes to mind, like right off the bat. And I was like, Johnny Flynn. I still believe in the guy. That was your, that was your guy. <laughs> yeah. That was number one on the list. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's worthy. You gave a good explanation. I, I, I buy it. I actually buy what you're selling. I'll stick with basketball for my next guy. This is a little dumb. Like, cause this guy, everyone loves this guy anyways, but J.R. Smith. I still think J.R. Smith. I loved what the play? Lakers. What? You still think he, is he on the team still? No, but, but let me say this as a big LeBron James fan, I was rooting for the Lakers in the last playoffs. And when they signed J.R. Smith ahead of the bubble, I was ecstatic because I, I just think that this guy, yes, I know he's not always mentally there. I don't have to talk about it, but he can knock down shots like threes. Like he's just a knockdown shooter, especially in the corner. And he's a LeBron guy. He plays well with LeBron and he's a, he's an average to above average perimeter defender. So I just – I still think he can play on a team. I don't know if anyone's going to give him a shot, really. It was kind of weird there how he was, like, prisoner, basically, with Cleveland for a year before, like, finally getting cut by them after not playing all season. But, but I loved watching JR on the Lakers last year, and I hope he gets another job in the NBA because I still think he can contribute. I really do. I'm not saying he's going to start or anything, but I think he could play 10 to 15 minutes on an NBA team, like a, a good team, and, and, and really contribute. I'll say this. People got like I get on LeBron and stuff, and some people be like he's really self-absorbed. Guess what? He got a lot of guys in Cleveland paid who probably shouldn't got paid like they did. Jr. Yep. Smith's one of those guys. 
So I'll, I'll give him his credit there. Um, my second guy I'm saying in the NBA, I'm going to start with our hometown Detroit Pistons. I'm going with Austin Day. If anyone remembers Austin Day, he's like 6'8", maybe taller, maybe like 6'10". Went to Gonzaga, wore a super baggy undershirt at Gonzaga, but he could stroke it. Like, he could shoot. And, and, and he was drafted in a time where the Pistons were still considered like, oh, they know they're, they're a good organization. Like, they, they'll develop this guy and stuff. I still think Austin Day could have worked. Like, yeah, I think that was the right pick. It was just kind of a weird time for the Pistons. I think it was like he got drafted, I think, the year. Was it Michael Curry who was the coach for one year? And then they went straight to yeah. someone else. It was yeah. – I, I don't know. There was a lot going on there. Dumars and that, like, there was a lot of ownership questions. I don't know. I think Austin Day could have worked. He was a big guy, could stroke it. He had a nice handle. I always believed in Austin Day. It was sad. And he wore number five. I'm a big number five guy. That is your number on your Instagram handle, isn't it? Yes, number five. It's a good number. No, no, why? No, why it's number five? Why? Austin Drew Day. Stan. Who? Drew Stan. Michigan oh, Drew Stan. That's a great. Yeah. Shout out Drew Stan. Farmington Hills, like Harrison legend. And Michigan okay, well, State legend. We'll, we'll, we'll stay, then we'll stay in the state of Michigan, I guess, because my next guy is Denzel Valentine. Still think he can be a good NBA player. I you do. haven't given up on Denzel yet? He got paid no. again by the goals. I didn't really get that. Yeah, he, I, they just keep him around, consistent like eighth man. I he he's not bad, man. He's he's a good defender. He's a he's a really good passer. Is he a good size. defender? I, okay, I don't know. I, I he can't be not, a good defender. He's not. That's he, it. When he's healthy, he, I, he hasn't really been healthy for them for a long time. I will say this: he can like like the problem in the NBA now is that like. If you're a bigger guy, like you kind of been pushed out of the league. And if you're in between like six four to like six six and you're not super athletic, you're kind of be, like like Denzel Valentine can shoot it. He's a pretty good passer and, and he's got a nice handle. But like he like his game really does not like you can run some pick and roll stuff for him. I don't like he's like a spot up shooter and he's like what six five? Like that doesn't work in the league anymore because yeah. he can't defend. It's weird. Well, I just I I have always thought he would just be a bet he'd be a point guard. He'd be a really good point guard. I don't know why they try to make him like a small forward swingman kind of guy because that's not his game. He's fantastic when he has the ball in his hands, and the Bulls didn't do that from the jump. Like he he won player of the year by being point forward for the Spartans. And then he was awesome. you know, the Bulls drafted him and all of a sudden they just want to make him like, you know, sit out on the wing a little like be Carmelo Anthony in his late, you know, twilight career. Just like stand out here and shoot threes. Like that's not really his game. I think if they and, and I know the Bulls specifically can't really make him a point forward now because of you know Kobe White. They kind of got their whole they got it figured out there. But I just think in the right and I, and again like kind of to your Johnny Flynn point, like the ship has probably sailed. But I just think in the right system and with the right team, the right pieces, he could absolutely could be a great. He could, he could be a good NBA player. I, I no, I don't hate that pick. I really don't. I don't hate that pick. Okay, this Thanks. is going to be – you're welcome. This is going to be a random one, this super random one. And, and, as Trent's kind of like – and just like, why would I care because I'm not a New England Patriots fan? I think Nikhil Harry's not, like, bad anymore. Like, I, I think Nikhil Harry – I haven't given up on Nikhil Harry just yet. And this is like – everyone's like, why – what? And and no, I'm going to say that because I watched him own Justin Lane – for a quarter in Tempe about three years ago. And Justin Lane was a high caliber corner that year. Like I, I 
I don't know what has happened since Nikhil Harry has got there. I know he's at the like the NBA is going all fast and all speed. Like the smaller guys are a little bit fat. Like Nikhil Harry's still a big dude who has good hands. And I think it could work in the league. Yeah, I, and he's had Brady and Newton passing to him the, like the last two years. Not necessarily the guys you want if you're a wide receiver at their stages of their career. I don't know. I still believe in Nikhil Harry. It might just because I love his name. Nikhil Harry is an awesome name. And it's he a went good to- name. I, I've got him on my fantasy team, so I've been monitoring him all year. He has not been great. Well, no one – New England's whole receiving core has just been like a disaster. So it's yeah. like he's been the one shining bright spot. They can get him involved a little bit more. You know, Cam Newton was a guy I thought about for this list just because have you how I, bad – like. We we the can talk offense about- is so bad that like you actually think if he was playing for like the Rams or something, Cam Newton, you know, like he could make something to work with that team. The one thing I always like don't get through like, yeah, Josh McDaniels, if he wants to he can go anywhere he wants for a head coaching job. Why? Like you've already seen him try and be a head coach. It didn't work out. Great, you had the best quarterback basically of all time. Yeah. And, like, like I, that, that's one thing that I will never really understand is like the whole Josh McDaniels hype train. Okay. Who do you, who, who's your last pick? Um, it's down to two guys and I, I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go mention both because I, 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 okay. Okay. Well, one of them, one of them is just kind of, again, it's kind of a gag thing. Carmelo Anthony, I think he can still play on three years, but that that's whatever. I won't expand on that too much. I think, I think Melo's fantastic. If you watched him play for the Portland Trailblazers last season, Still an NBA player, still in great NBA shape. No one talks about him enough. Like, in the, he was drafted the same year as LeBron. Like, he's really old, too. And he has sustained, you know, a, a respectable NBA career for this long. Uh, but I guess my – yeah, my other guy's Lonzo Ball. I just think – I think Lonzo Ball – Trent, you – you son of a gun. Was that yours? He he was my nuts, but I love okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you get more into it. I just no, want to – No, 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 no. You can go. I'll, I'll get another one. I think this is a deep category. The Pelicans bringing Eric Bledsoe to New Orleans kind of upset me a little bit because well, Bledsoe stinks, dude. Bledsoe's well, not yes, good. I know, I know, but you know damn well that the Pelicans, being the Pelicans, the inept organization they are, are bringing Bledsoe there because they think that he is going to like contribute, and they're kind of like, oh, I don't know about Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I think he averaged like. 13 points a game and seven assists last season. Like, he is good. Like When he, he played is, and when Zion played, he was really good. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. So, especially playing with Zion over these next few years, and Brandon Ingram, who just won most improved player, like, Lonzo Ball is going to be very good. I think he's he's going to have a breakout, breakout year, either this season or next. And that's just I'll, – I'll let you get more into it. He's a really good defender, too. Yeah, so that, that, oh, very good. That's probably his best attribute, that or passing. Okay. Hank said he had some honorable mentions. Well, I think of my, since you stole mine, Trent, but I'm happy you did because I'm happy we agree on that. Hank says he's got some honorable mentions. I want him to bring up some. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Mello, but you, you kind of mentioned him in passing. So Mello was a good one. Um, but as a Minnesota Vikings fan, I got to throw out a couple guys. One oh. guy in the twilight of his career. I got to say AP. I got to say, I'm always rooting for AP. Well, AP as a Lions fan who's watched him this year, he still doesn't have, he doesn't have it anymore. He's done. He's, well, look, 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 AP's look. He's never look. done, dude. AP, AP could, AP 
the way the Lions have used him over the past few weeks has been fine, right? Like goal yeah. line, a short yardage situation. So you can absolutely still do that for a couple more years. But dude, like when he tries to cut it up every single time he gets the ball and then runs into someone <laughs> at the line and gets gets a yard maybe, like, oh man, it's it's hard for me to agree. But I hear you, Hank. Like there's a yeah. spot for him on an NFL that's, team. That's that's, that's, years, that might man. be more of like a you know, in my heart kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Well, a more serious one who's a former Viking is touchdown Teddy. I will – that year he went he's down. He's still dude. good. He's good. He's, well, he's starting, but but I'm telling, dude. I think the year he went down, just in my you know expert analysis opinion, just I foresaw him like rising cream of the top. You know what I'm saying like cream of the crop. Sorry, to the top of the league. That's where I saw that year, and you know obviously he's not at that level. So yeah, yeah I think the injuries kind of derailed him, which is yeah. sad. And he has gotten back. He's still like, let's not get it twisted. He's still starting quarterback in the NFL. Right, right. I know what you mean. It's not that's the same. true. I still okay, think one he's more. good. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, just, he's starting on an NFL team, so he's not, you know, horrible or anything. Yeah. But um, one more NFL guy who I'm surprised you guys didn't mention, Josh Gordon put up, like, all-time I'm numbers. out on Gordon. I think, he, I think his window is no. passed. Well, Hank, he, Hank okay. I'm with you. I'm with you, Hank. Josh Gordon's good. Maybe, maybe it's seeing... more of what could have been, you know. What yeah. could have been. Because he was putting up, you know, Hall of Fame numbers for, like, the four games that he played throughout his career. Yeah, and he had like Colt McCoy thrown it to him. Like, it, <laughs> like that was yeah. so long ago, though. Like when I think about that, like when you really think about it, that was so long ago when Jordan was like, it, yeah, it was actually. That's true. But, I, I, uh, I was racking my brain. I, I really wanted to think of like. Seen a ton- oh, sorry. I, somebody, I might have cut out. I don't know, but I was racking my brain trying to think of. Uh, I guess somebody on the PGA Tour, because I feel like there's a lot of old tour guys. Oh, that, like, there's, I mean, Anthony Kim, I still think he drew, he should have yeah. won six majors. Shout out yeah, Anthony th- Kim. I think there's tons of people like that, but I, don't, I couldn't, like, settle on one. So I'll just well, throw, uh, like, the whole tour, like, as they, like, slowly deteriorate in old age. I like that. Guys. <laughs> I like what you're thinking there, Hank, like, with that, like, I, I like that thinking. There's definitely a lot of guys on the PGA Tour who is, like, they kind of miss their window. And you're like, no, what? I, I haven't given up on this guy. He can maybe get hot for one week, like a yeah. Lee Westwood. And oh just, yeah, there you go. Like, but they never get it done. Like they just, it, they always break your heart in the end. It's always like someone, one of these big Ricky guys. Ricky Fowler, come... there's a good one. Ricky Fowler. Well, I think I still believe in Ricky. I still believe. Oh, yeah, I don't that's think... part of it. That's what, yeah, that's but what like is. I think this category really is more for. Is, I think this category is like more for people like you can't give up on, but like don't have like that much talent. Like my okay. fourth pick. Because I didn't get to my fourth pick because Trent took mine. Trent's gonna like this. Joseph Fourier. Dude, I thought about this too because he <laughs> never got another chance after that great year with the Lions, right? No one ever signed him again. It was bizarre. Like he was good. He was a great goal line target. Like he really was. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, his touchdown celebration. Every everyone knew about him because of his like touchdown celebrations. That was like his thing. Yeah. Him and Tony Scheffler, a couple of good random tight ends the Lions have had with Stafford at the helm. But you know what? That, I thought that was a good sporty word. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. mentions. Wait, wait, Venus wait. Williams. <laughs> Venus Williams could still leave it all on the court and win one. <laughs> you think so? I think so. I, she's she's like 39. She's she's always in the mix, man. She's always right there, and then she you know gets knocked down in the round of sixteen or something. But if she leaves it all on the court one more time, she can win one more major. Trent, that's like me. First of all, I'm the biggest when I think about tennis. 
Sloan Stevens. Biggest Sloan Stevens fan. Love Sloan Stevens. Love her. And the fact that her Josie Altitore, like, I don't even I mean, like oh, soccer. Yeah. I love, like, that's just like a weird thing. I'm like, she's married to Josie Altitore. That's really cool. And she's yeah. like a way better athlete than him. So she probably is just like every day. She's like, <laughs> don't make me dinner. But yeah, I, I'm the yeah. breadwinner of the family. Like, I would love that yeah. if I was Sloan Stevens. But another person that I was kind of like this, I mean, this guy won a couple majors and Grand Slams, excuse me. I always wanted Andy Roddick to win one. He was never even close to winning. Like, it, it, he would get to the Wimbledon final, and I'm like, oh, he's going to break Federer right here. Nope, he's not breaking Federer. But, yeah. I don't know. No. Good Sparty Awards. Good Sparty Awards. That was pretty I, good. I, I think we, we got to get more into the sports realm sometimes when we do sport, Sparty Awards. We usually do, like, kind of real-life things and, like, pop culture. We got to sprinkle in some more sports to the Sparty Awards. Definitely. Okay. Speaking of sports – Start a little NFL. Busy weekend. They played on Saturday this week. By the way, I don't have the NFL Network anymore at my house. Just a disaster. Yeah. I didn't even watch either game. Well, that yeah, that's where they're all at. You couldn't find a stream or anything? I mean, I could, but it was like one of those situations. You're in a family room. You're not going to, like, grab a laptop and, like, yeah. like get, go on Reddit. They're like, dude, what are you doing? What are those pop-up ads on there? And like, relax. It's not what I meant. And like, I'm just trying to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you got the chat for the Reddit stream and like that it's just saying horrific things like your parents yeah. like, like I can just imagine my mom was like, What is that guy saying? I'm like, I don't think that guy's like should be on the face of the earth because that's just yeah, scary. Yeah. They're trying to like yeah. ruin your life in the chat. Yeah. So what's your credit card number? I'm like, I, I don't know. Do you have it? Like what is <laughs> so he's like, he's like, What's your pen? I'm like, What do you have my number? Like I, yeah, you're just scared. But uh okay, NFL, that was a weird tangent. Um, I want to talk before we kind of talk to Lions like we usually do. There's two teams in the AFC who's stunned forever, who are really good now: the Browns and the Bills. Who do you have more like belief in, Trent? The Bills, one million percent, and it's just because of quarterback. I think Josh Allen's better than Baker Mayfield. I I don't trust either one of them really, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think either one of these teams are really going to like make a run, like AFC Championship game. I I just don't see it. Like, I I. I think it's the, the Chiefs are going to roll everyone, even if they do get there. But the Bills, I trust the Bills. I trust the Bills' defense more than I trust the Browns' defense. And I like the Bills. At this point, I like the Bills' weapons more. I really like Stephon Diggs. He's fun to watch. Dawson Knox is a pretty good tight end. Like, And, and I just like Josh Allen. And it's just fun to watch. So I like the Bills. I also went to go see the Bills plays last year. That was kind of, or two years ago. And I loved Orchard Park and the Bills Mafia. And I just have respect for that fan base. And they're cool. And I know that the Browns are like the sister team for the Lions. So I always kind of pull for them. But like, who do I have are more they? faith in? I, I, I think so. They both stunk forever. And they both had all-time great players. And it's just never panned out into anything. But yeah, I think the Browns and the Lions are more similar than them. Just like, I mean, the Bills like actually went to Super Bowls. No, no, that, that's what I meant. The, the Browns yeah. and the, the Browns. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Teams. Yeah, the okay. Browns and the Lions are sister teams, so I always like the Browns. I always root for them, but I have more faith in Buffalo. What do you think? I, I like the Browns, and I I, I like Baker is looks so good right now. Like, so good. I, I never saw – like, and I was always a Baker guy. Like, I was like, I think he's, he's going to be really good in the pros. You just got to give him, like, a spread set. You know what I mean? Kind of do what he did at Oklahoma – and he's to make a lot of plays. And this year they kind of went away from that and they're under the center a ton. And he looks great. Like on Sunday night last night, he was awesome. 
Like he yeah. he was against a very bad team, though. That's a good defense, though. The Giants have a good defense. Is it? Is yes. It? Yes. Okay. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. I you you've got a point there for sure. I will say this though. I think the the Look, Browns Austin, offense, the Ravens too. Yeah. Well. Okay. The Ravens have had COVID all year and stuff. The, the the Browns the Browns offense, in my opinion, is at its best when it's run by Nick Chubb and and uh, Kareem Hunt. When they swear, really good. because then that opens things up for you know Baker to go vertical a little bit more. He's been great without Odell, which I really didn't see happening. I, I'm not I'm not the biggest Odell guy. But like anytime you lose a guy like that, I I, I would expect that yes. to affect your offense a little more than it has. But mm-hmm. um, you know, with the Bills, I can't really say the same thing. Like I, I know you got Singletary back there. I, it, but I just Josh Allen to me is the driving force for the offense because he uses digs like that way, you know. And Baker, the way I watch Baker play, he doesn't really use Juice Landry that much, like that in in terms of like big plays and taking the top off. It's mostly Hunt and Chubb, and it's it's you know run run pass run run pass play action that kind of thing. That's what the Browns do, and it works. It's been working, but I think overall I I, I trust Josh Allen more than Baker just because of that. And, and like Josh Allen, I, I know he's not gonna win it. Sneaky case for MVP. Sneaky. Now he's not. He's not gonna win it. But like he's at least in the the tail end of the conversation. Okay. I, yeah. I I think that's a it was a pretty good argument. I, I just I don't know. I just I I think the Bills and Browns or defenses are both to be problems. They're not gonna beat the Chiefs. Like so, it's not really worth like. But I I think it's interesting because I think one of these teams would be in an AFC Championship game, which is pretty remarkable to see what they were probably like five years ago, if you really look at it. So I, I, I've been really impressed by those teams. Let's jump into the Lions. Uh, if you want more comprehensive, just Lions rambling for like an hour and yelling, follow the Motown Rundown, shameless plug on the WDBM network. But um, I'm going to say this. Matthew Stafford, it sucks what's going on in Detroit right now with Matthew Stafford. Because I think everyone's kind of coming to the realization, and I'm a I'm a victim of this too, that where I don't appreciate what Stafford has done over the course of his career, and you're kind of like, well, he hasn't really won big, so what are they really missing out on? Sunday it just like kind of captured what Matthew Stafford is and why he's so beloved by Detroit Lions fans. Like, yeah, he might not be like a top five quarterback in the league at any point of his career. Maybe he like, maybe not even top 10 some years. Like I understand that, but the toughness, the, he, he, it's just the professionalism and it just sucks that the lions have wasted his career because, and and I've never been the guy who's like, I I think like Stafford, he goes to a bad, another team other than Lions, and they're bad. Like, they win then. It's just Lions that are holding them. I just think Stafford's a guy you need a well-rounded team around, and you can win a Super Bowl with him. Like, you can. He's a good quarterback. Yep. Like, I, like I, I hate the arguments where it's like, oh, you put him on the L.A. Rams. They're substantially better. Like, I think they're good. I do think they're better. I think he can do exactly what Dolph would do. Like, I, I think he can do stuff like that. I hate the arguments like that because we just haven't really seen that happen. And, like, the one year he had a really competent defense, they lost a playoff game. And I know it was in a controversial way, but that happened. It's just, it sucks because for about, uh, other than like the first like three to four years where he had injury issues and, and he was kind of working himself, like it was more like him just chucking at the Megatron, let's see what happens. 
ever since then he's been awesome and he does he, and he's finally starting to get the credit nationally like from being one of the toughest guys to do it and it just it sucks it sucks right Trent? like because yeah. like i think they're gonna part ways with them i do that's what it's looking like that's what it's looking and like. i can't it's even not, i can't knock him for it i like yeah, no, you can understand why the Lions want to. Now, I think anyone who wants to get rid of Stafford has completely lost their mind. But I'll save that for the Motown rundown. That's more of a that's more of an angry rambling, you know, kind of talking circles. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll save that for that. Uh, everyone knows how I feel about Matt Stafford. I think he's fantastic. Uh, there's not many quarterbacks I'd rather have, even though I'm aware he's not really a top five guy. But I'd have I'd rather have him over some of the top five guys because of that toughness. Man was playing with cracked ribs yesterday. And, and actually played exceptionally well. Like he missed a couple yeah, throws, right. but but you know it's it's the NFL, man. You're gonna miss a couple throws every every Sunday unless you're Joe Montana. So whatever. I, I, I you're exactly right, Collins. It sucks because at this point it's kind of a slow death. The writing seems to be on the wall. But oh, and, and I, I, I hate. Never, I never get tired of watching Matthew Stafford play. And I I I will say this. I think we all took him for granted um, to an extent. But I'm I'm happy to say that I was not one of those people who over the last three not saying well, you were well, but well, over the last well, I, three I years have. I have I will say that and, and Trent your alliance slappy self proclaimed so yeah. but it just sucks I I don't even I can't even put it into words because you had a guy who was a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and you literally did nothing with him you had one year where you possibly could have made a move and you couldn't even win a division that year. It's just, it's just such, and now you're going through another rebuild and I'm very interested who the Lions hire GM. We've talked about that already, but it just seems like the, I don't see any scenario where a GM comes in here and he's like, okay, this defense is so bad. They have, we have to rebuild. We have to get assets. The only really big asset we have is Matthew Stafford and he's in the last year of his contract. We might as well get something for him before we lose him in free agency. I understand that, but it sucks that he's going to go to like Denver and win. Like, cause he's going to do that. Like he really is going to do that. Yep. Yep. I am of the opinion and I know this probably won't happen, but I would love to run it back with this offense. You get Kenny. Galladay it's not back. bad. It's really not that bad of an offense. You get Kenny Galladay back healthy. You still got Stafford under center. Hawkinson's a great piece. I love Marvin Jones, but we'll save that for later. And then you you actually use DeAndre Swift all season as your as your bell cow back. I think the offense is fine because you also have two you know cornerstones on the O line in uh, Decker and Rag now. So that's not the issue. Collins, you nailed it. It's the defense is so terrible. Like there 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 aren't enough adjectives to describe this defense. They never get a stop. If you've watched this defense all year, never going to stop when it matters. Every time the Lions win, it's by the skin of their teeth, and it's because Matthew Stafford saved their ass. It, it's literally it's, – it's the same story over and over and over, specifically in the Matt Patricia realm. So I, I am the one who wants to – I am somebody who wants to run it back with this offense. Probably won't happen because I'm not really up for the rebuild. Obviously never going to switch teams, never going to jump ship. But I just – I don't want to rebuild when you got a guy like number nine. But the problem is they're probably going to let him walk. At the at Lions defense, I mean, Derrick Henry was – that was a perfect, like, a culmination of, like, what this – like, he basically just, like, slapped that guy around. What's his name? Myers – like, Myers got embarrassed. Yeah, um, practice like, squad guy. Yeah, just not good. Like, that was encapsulation 
encapsulation. That was a good word for me. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> um, of what this like Lions team and defense is like. Stafford goes out, made some really good play. Marvin Jones did play really well, Trent. I, I know that made you happy that I yeah, saw. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked good. It was, yesterday. It, was, it was pretty good timing too. It was pretty good. I timing know. Last week I was beating the drum. Well, he's not better than Kenny Galladay, and that's an insane thing to say. But he did look good last week. But I, I mean, it sucks being a Lions fan. That's what the, I, I, this is what the roundabout way of saying yeah. it is. It's What's so bad. One? It's What's so one? bad. Why can't they be good? One year. <laughs> Hey man, play listen, any meaningful this, football in December. They played it like three times in my lifetime. Three. Yeah, I've got. A, I've got a. Christmas, you wasted this guy. I've got a Detroit Lions Christmas sweater. I know, but I love that sweater. I hate wearing it in December and having having to talk about how bad the team is and who they're going to draft, as opposed to oh, uh, how they're going to beat the Packers to win the division this Sunday. Like, come on, can I can I wear the Christmas sweater? meaningfully one time in my life the last time the lions played meaningful football in december it was 2016 2017 i think and it won't be in for another five years and 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 and, and if you look at like how you properly build a team fine i i I understand you gotta have a rebuild you gotta have a young quarterback you gotta have like a defense that's productive and, and you're usually more successful when you got a younger qb on a uh lower salary it's Stuff like that. They're really not paying Stafford that much and compared to a lot of quarterbacks in the league at this point, but I don't know. It just sucks because it's the end of an era where there was actually kind of hope. Like when I was younger, there was no hope with the Lions, no hope at the quarterback position. And it kind of ends a 13-year stretch where you thought like maybe this is the year. So it sucks and it bugs me, but whatever. Yeah, and there, that, were a lot a of, there were a lot of fun memories. We're talking about this like Stafford like died or something. I like, know, like, I know. He, he's – there's a, still a chance they bring him back. It's just like it I don't doesn't think seem so. like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Ugh. What a depressing way to end the show. Hank, you got anything to uplift the spirits? Uh, as a Vikings fan that just watched his playoff dreams go out the door. No, I mean, really. yeah, you're kind of there with as Sorry Viking, about that. Viking, I will say this: Vikings have had a lot more success than the Detroit Lions. Just as tortured of a franchise, not just, but like it, they're Super up Bowl there. Is- I mean, there were some heartbreaking losses in the history, yes. you know. Like there, so, are, it's up there. People will talk about the Vikings for being as tortured as they are, but uh, that's our green and white report this week. <laughs> Next week, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad now. I, 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 I just hate talking. Uh, the Lions, like, I don't really show this usually, where I just like get upset and I'm like, what? I know like, you. I'm, I'm shocked right now. You never it just, it, it just beats me down. And it, 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 like, I've been beaten down so much by Patricia, the Mayhews, <laughs> the Twins, the Millens, all these p- people who suck at their jobs. And I can't get one winning like football team. One. Yeah. Yep. Collins, let's uh let's uh pick tonight's game. Let's pick the Monday night game and kind of, you know, yes. move on to Hold something else. What yeah. is it? Is it Pittsburgh Bengals? I think Pittsburgh's like two TD favorite, right, Hank? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's big, big line, Pittsburgh minus 14. Who's starting for the Bengals? Does anyone know? At quarterback? Is it like Brandon Allen still? I don't know. I think that's right. I, Brandon Allen. I have no idea. Steelers Brandon cover. Allen. Steelers cover. I got, no, I got nothing. Yeah, Brandon, no, Brandon Allen's out. Who's starting then? Finley? I don't know. Can you look that up, Hank? Do they even have a quarterback? Yeah, What's going on there? <laughs> I don't know. What's it called? I'll say this. Steelers are not that good. 
Like they oh. have looked horrible. I think the last like month. Yeah, the last two because yeah, they they were winning a lot of those close games, like those ugly close. I mean, games they almost lost teams. to Ro- Robert Griffin the third and Trace McSorley. Like yeah. after like half the team was out with COVID, like they almost yep. lost that game. Yeah, Ryan Finley is starting. Thank you, producer Hank. Ryan Finley, NC State legend. He stinks. He played a lot last year, but yeah, the Bengals are horrible. And and, and I, how many games did the Bengals won? Like two, two games. Yeah, I think they're and they have a tie there, so they'll probably be like the third pick. I think. By the way, how about the Jets winning? How about the Jets winning and completely handing the Jaguars Trevor Lawrence? If I was a Jets fan, I I, I would maybe. Okay, I'm not going to say that because that's probably not a good thing to say. On, like, <laughs> if, I'm, if, I'm a Jet, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm excited. I'd rather go play Jacksonville down south where it's warm than play for an inept northern, you know, east coast franchise. Well, I think most people would probably want to play in New York because it's just like all the opportunities to like make money like outside of football. Like in New York, you're going to get right. all that spot. But, but Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a kid from Georgia. Like, I, I, I'm sure he's probably ecstatic. Like, I'm going to get to play close to home. Like, yeah. it's just like a that sense of thing. I, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm not kidding. I would I would stop rooting for the team. That that was, I mean. Yeah. I well, That's like, that's on, like, forgivable what happened. Yeah. <laughs> to the Rams, they're 9-4. and four. Yeah, like, the Rams are actually a good team. <laughs> it's and, unforgivable. And- it's unforgivable. Man, can you imagine, Collins? Frank Gore was the one to, like, you know, get the yeah. last first down. Can you, can you imagine that situation and we're all whatever, 14, we got, like, Trevor Lawrence coming coming down the pike, and then all of a sudden we throw it to AP and he sits on it, and then we're just like – Dude, okay, I, I wouldn't root for so the team. Adrian anyway. Peterson is the reason we're going to win this game and lose – I don't know. It's I, I wouldn't root that, for the that's team. That's the more life. I wouldn't root for the team. It's that is – you literally go 0 and 13. You're 0 and 13, basically. Like, okay, we're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. This is like a generational guy. He's like, he he he's gonna step in, and he and immediately we're gonna have like, there's gonna be something there. Know what I mean? Like, it, we got juice immediately. Yeah. Like, it got like they're gonna be a steady, like, probably a good football team. And now you're like, do we take Justin Fields at two? Like, he looked horrible in the Big Ten championship game. Or do you stick with Darnold? Oh, I that sucks to be a Jets fan. Oh, that is so bad. I can't like that is that's no. I, I'm not even I'm not kidding. That's almost worse than losing like a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, it I is. Mean, if you think about the stakes, if you think about the stakes, yeah. Like yeah, say a nine and seven like Jets team crept into the playoffs and just lost to like the Steelers in the first round. They wouldn't care as much as they lost yet. Like yesterday is an all-time bat. Like that is something. Yeah. Unless Jacksonville for some reason like wins one of the games coming down the stretch, that is something they will never forget ever. That game will be go down in history. True. True. Which is sad, but I, it's so tough. It's so tough because I always talk about how like I'd never root for the team to lose and stuff. But like, dude, that that's a little bit of a different situation with Trevor Lawrence there. But what, whatever, whatever. Collins, who do you got winning the Steelers Bengals matchup? So we give can me the Bengals. I one. think the Steelers stink. We've gone a long time today, and it kind of it makes me happy because <laughs> right. we, well, well, this isn't going on air anyway, so it doesn't have to have a time restriction. We're like what an hour twenty, Hank? Yeah, hour twenty. It reminds me when we're in the studio for two hours. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're having whatever. a good time, having a great time, having a great time, a lot of energy today. 
Yeah. Trent, who are you taking? Almost Christmas. What's up, Hank? Who are you taking? Who am I taking? I'm taking the Steelers to cover just because the Bengals are, like, so bad. Like, the only reason the Bengals have been in any game this season is because of uh, Joe Burrow. But I don't – you know what? Before we go, guys, I got to say, like, this is our last episode before Christmas. So, to our listeners, Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, that's okay. Happy holidays. Uh, And I would just – yeah, I I don't know. I just had to throw that out there. I'm I'm a huge Christmas guy. I'm pumped. I am too. I will be listening to Incense Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays right after this. Just Trent is going to be fired up. But for Ryan Collins, Trent Bally, Henry Mendoz, we hope you have happy holidays. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully live. Um, I This is something we can talk about after the show. We might be going back to Sunday mornings and, and yeah. in the near future without Michigan State football. Yeah. So uh, keep a lookout for that. I know – Thank you for all the people who continue to listen and been patient with us because there's just been a lot of moving parts, like everything that's happened this year. But follow our Twitter handle at WDBM, and you, like, you'll figure it out because we'll tweet it out there to figure out what our time slot is. But thank you for listening. Hope to see you guys next week. You have been listening to The Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org sports.